Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Amen. Won't that be nice when we get to glory land? No more lame, no more blind, no more sickness. Amen. Can't wait to get there. It's good to be here today and good to see all of you. Even if I can't see you, it's good to know that you're listening. But we're glad to be able to be in the Lord's house again and just worship him and uh, appreciate what he has done for us. And we're thankful for his many blessings. But before we get into our message this morning, we want to thank the church for the gifts that we have received. We appreciate that. And also, it's already been mentioned, but I want to ask you to Please pray for the search committee. This is an important time of prayer for this church. As you pray and ask God for his leadership in finding that man who will be the pastor of this church. Uh, God will help you. Carolyn and I just got through serving on one at the church that we were attending. And he led us right to the man uh, that was intended for that church and I couldn't believe how it all worked out but God was in it and we're thankful for that and we also ask that you pray for each other Uh, with the weekend rain that we've had and the trouble that's been uh, people need our prayers and so let's be praying for the church praying for each other if you have your Bibles this morning turn to Galatians chapter 6 Verses 1 through 10, we want to bring a message this morning. How are we doing? How are we doing? Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. The Bible says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Father, bless your word this morning. We thank you for it. Written some 2,000 years ago, but it's just as applicable today as it was back then. And Father, help us to be mindful of it and do what you've asked us to do as your church here on this earth. Lord, we pray that it will do what you want it to do in people's hearts today. Now forgive us our sins and shortcomings. 
may we ever look to you for strength and guidance. For one day we will be in glory land because of your son Jesus who died for us on Calvary's cross, gave his life so that we might have life. Now bless and have your will and way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. How are we doing here on this earth? Well, from the very beginning of the creation of man, Satan has tried to convince man that there are no natural results or consequences to his actions. If you read the book of Genesis, you'll see that consequences and actions came into being after Adam and Eve sinned there in the garden. And it's the same way today. It will happen here. Consequences will take shape after we sin against God. The truth of the matter found throughout God's word is that one cannot rebel against God and not reap the fruit of that choice later. Do you remember Cain? Yes, I believe you do. He had to suffer the consequences of his sin and it lasted his lifetime. Wherever he went, he was a vagabond, the Bible tells us. Do you remember Korah, Dathan, and Abiram who stood up against Moses? They wanted to start their own little priesthood, but God wasn't in that. And so we see that Moses had all the people to separate themselves from Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and those 250 followers of theirs who set themselves up as priests. You know the story. Moses admonished them that God is still on the throne and he's still in charge and that God had called him to be the leader of the nation of Israel, not Korah. The earth opened up, swallowed them, and the Bible says they went straight down into hell. And the 250 followers, the Bible says that fire came down of heaven and burned them up. Not only them, but their wives, their children, their family, their possessions, everything that they had, God destroyed. But another truth is that one cannot obey God without receiving the blessings of God. You remember Abraham? Abraham, get your family up and get out of this country and I'll show you where you need to go. Abraham did that. He ended up in the land of Israel. He ended up being blessed of God. So much so that God promised Abraham that my seed will come or my son will come through your seed. Now how would you like to have that for a promise? Philip the evangelist, he was having a revival, but God told him to go down into the desert. I've got one little man down there I want you to preach to. I've got an Ethiopian eunuch coming back from worshiping, but he hasn't found the Lord Jesus Christ yet. I want you to go join yourself to that chariot, and I want you to preach unto him Jesus. That's exactly what Philip did. Went down to that desert where no one was. He saw the caravan coming and he ran up. Now, 
what gets me, how did he know which chariot to stop at? That's where God comes into play. How do we know where God wants us to go? How, who he wants us to talk to? That's where the Holy Spirit of God comes in. He will direct us, just as he did Philip. He will direct us to the place that he wants us to be. Choices we make become seeds that are planted, and they determine the kind of harvest that will be received in the future. And I've made a little note here, and I put it in color and pink so I could see it. Be careful what you do today, because you will see that again later on. Choices are important. How one thinks and acts matters. A lot of people don't think about what they're doing, what they're saying, what's going to become of it later on. How we think, how we act matters when it comes to serving the Lord. Those choices always impact those around us, be it good or bad. What about the seeds others sowed that affected your view of yourself and the world? your Sunday school teachers, your pastor, your parents, other people that you have confidence in, how did that affect you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and what we are to do? Those choices will be either rejected or accepted. Those accepted will be eventually or will eventually be manifested in your life. Think of the choices we all have made that we are now regretting. Those consequences never simply evaporate. Things I've done I wished I had never done, but they'll be there. And I'm sure you have made some of those too. There will be times when we will be governed or even harassed by those decisions or choices. Yet God will forgive if we genuinely repent of those choices and those sins and forsake them. Redemption is one of the main characteristics of our loving Lord. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that he is the God of redemption. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, to an old cruel cross so that we might be redeemed. We must lay our burdens and our sins down before the Lord so he can shape us into the person that he created us to be. My first point this morning is what kind of life do I want to live? Look at verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. What kind of life do I want to live? The Bible tells us, don't be weary in well-doing. But if you want to go against God, you might as well expect being weary. Because God will, after a while, let you know what you're doing. We either sow to the flesh or we sow to the Spirit. All through the Bible, you see this taking place. Sow into the flesh, 
or sowing to the Spirit. It's already been mentioned about Samson. He just couldn't get away from that worldly stuff, even though God called him to lead the nation. But we also see Daniel taken as a teenager and how God used him because he chose to sow to the Spirit of God. With our actions and thoughts, we sow seeds. We may not think much about it, what we do, what we say, but in those actions and in those thoughts, in those words, we are sowing seeds either for the Lord Jesus Christ or against the Lord Jesus Christ. Those words can build a church or those words can tear a church down. Those words can build an individual up or those words can tear that individual down. These seeds will have a level of impact on others. So we need to be careful about what kind of life that I want to live and that the Lord Jesus Christ helps us to live. We need to be careful what we say and what we do. But you know, we have an enemy. The flesh wants independence. You can see that all through the Word of God. The flesh, at times, wants to be independent. They want it their way. Sometimes I've been guilty of wanting it my way. And I've always found out that it doesn't always come out right when I want it my way. And you can see from the illustrations that I've always already mentioned, wrong is wrong. I don't care what you do, what you say, but wrong is wrong. There is that part about man that does not want to be under authority. We see that in the garden with Adam and Eve. Satan coming and tempting them. Now God says you can have anything you want but that one little fruit from the tree. You know that automatically got the mind going? Now why doesn't God want me to have that? Man, it's beautiful. I'm sure it's going to taste good. I'm sure it's going to be good for me. Now why did God say that I could not have that? Well, look at today. What has God told us that we cannot have and cannot do, but yet we want to look at that and say, well, what's wrong with it? Look at this nation today. We've gotten away from the word of God and what it says, and we want to do everything our way. People want to do it their way, and this nation is getting worse than that every day. They're forgetting God. It's getting to where you can't even pray anymore in public, the government officials, I know they have the man that comes in before every session of the Senate and he prays, but how many really listen to what has been prayed? How many really listen, even though they might come from a Christian background, they might be a pastor there sitting in the Senate or the House and he's forgotten what God has done for him? How many of us have forgotten what God has done for us and we've forgotten about the actions and the thoughts and the results of what we do? 
The flesh wants independence, but we don't want to live under that authority. We have to deal with attitudes. Adam and Eve had a choice. They had a choice of either obeying God or obeying Satan. We have that same choice today. The choice of either obeying the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit or obeying Satan. The Bible tells us that we've got to die daily and let the Holy Spirit control our lives and live the way he wants us to live. It takes prayer. A whole lot of praying. It takes listening to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us as we pray. We've got to be willing to follow. And as we look at that, what kind of life do I want to live? Am I living that life for the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, he begins to change us to help us live according to the truth. And that began the moment you got saved. He begins to change you. He begins to put his truth into your heart and in your life and in your soul to help change you, to help change me into doing what God wants us to do as individuals. But those truths are found in the word of God. You remember when Jesus was on trial and Pilate asked him, well, what is truth? The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word that he has given to us. Walking in the spirit helps us to plant good seed. So what kind of life do you want to live? The second point. What do I want my character to be like? Look at verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. What do I want my character to be? How do people view me as a person? If we could go back and pick out an individual in the Bible and you began to look at his character, his everyday life, who would you pick out? What era would he come from? Man, I like Daniel. Oh, there's a bunch of them in there I could pick. But I like Daniel. I don't know whether I could be thrown in a lion's den or not and not fuss about it. I don't know whether I'd have that kind of faith or not. But Daniel didn't say a word that I see. Walked right up to the cave, wherever it was, knowing that there were lions in there who were hungry. Because if you'll read on the story, when they throw the 70 presidents in there, they massacred those men. Didn't bother Daniel one bit. If you've ever seen the picture of Daniel in the lion's den, he's looking up at a bright light coming down from heaven. 
I hope and I pray that I'd have the same faith that Daniel has. And I pray that each one of you here and out there in Radio Land, I hope that you would have the same faith that Daniel had when you come into trouble, when trials begin to come your way, when you know that something's going to take place and it may not be good for you. As far as we know, humanly speaking, but you know, God knows everything. Yes, Daniel, they're going to throw you in there, but don't worry about it. You're going to come out. And you're going to be an impact on that king who's sitting on the throne. And that's exactly what happened. God can take the worst and make the best out of it. So how do people view me as a person? What kind of image am I broadcasting, not only to the community, the church, but to the world? How do people look at me, and what do they see when they look? How do people look at this church and the congregation? How do they view the people in this congregation? Are we accepting God's truth into our hearts and minds? If we are, we wouldn't have to guess where we would be on Sunday morning. And I'm going to put in a little advertisement here. How long has it been since you've been in the house of God knowing that you should be there every Sunday? As you look back at your life and you see all the things that God has blessed you with and helped you from, cured you from diseases or healed you from whatever it is, how long has it been since you've sat in the pew at the church and worshipped the holy and a righteous God who loves you so much that he sent his son to Calvary's cross so that we could come to the house of God and worship him? Or is the mountains more intriguing to you than coming and sitting in the house of God for an hour or two hours to Sunday school. You know, the Bible tells, or the Southern Baptist Convention tells us that we're losing memberships more and more every year. Why is that? Is God still not working a miracle in your life, in our lives, in the convention's life? Sure he is. But what's happened to people? I believe with all of my heart we've taken our eyes off of God. But if you look at Daniel in that painting, he's looking towards God. And I believe with all of my heart when the church begins to look back towards God, the church, God will change the church from the inside out. But are we accepting God's truths in our hearts and minds? The fruit of the Spirit grows naturally from seeds planted within us. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, which go together, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness, which go together, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. That is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants us to have. That's what God wants us to portray in front of a lost and dying world. Even those who have left the church, well, there's just nothing there for me anymore. Well, the Holy Spirit's here. God is here. 
What are you looking for in a church other than the Holy Spirit of God and what he can do and how he uses us while we are here in the church? The fruit of the Spirit grows naturally when God is in our heart and controls our heart. When we start feeding our spirit with the things of God, we will become stronger, more Christ-like, and full of his thoughts and actions. We will be more concerned about the church and especially the lost. How is the church viewed here in this community? If I'd go out here on the street and ask somebody, well, uh, what's Sulphur Springs Baptist Church like? What kind of an answer would I get? We need to think about that. What efforts are being put forth to reach the lost and the unchurched? And I understand there's a lot going on here. Praise the Lord. You're trying to reach out. James has already mentioned what we plan to do. Praise the Lord for that. That's how you're going to reach people. When you show a love and concern for them. Oh, there's a lot of people concerned about heaven. But they're not so much concerned about how to live down here on earth in order to get to heaven. They're too busy here and there. And they forget about church. They forget about worshiping. They forget about a holy God who loves us. He cares for us. He gives us everything that we have. The third part, and I'm going to have to hurry. But what do I want to become in the future? Look at verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We shall reap. That is a positive from the Word of God. It hinges on one thing. Well, two things. First of all, are we where God wants us to be and are we doing what God wants us to do? Do we believe that God is still on the throne? Or have we sort of forgotten about God and what he can do? Or what's the goals and the aspirations of this church? And as we bring it down a little closer, what is your goal and aspiration for this church? Is it dependent? or independent I hope it's dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the Bible says whatsoever things are true honest just pure lovely and good report these all depend on the Lord Jesus Christ if there be any other virtue or any other praise think act do these things that's being dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ 
Maybe you're independent. I don't know why God laid this on my heart. But you remember old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra? What was one of those songs that he sang? I did it my way. Church, don't ever do it your way. Do it God's way. And you're talking about being a blessing. God will see to it that you are a blessing to all those folks around you. What did Jesus say about what we are to do? Well, his way is the best way. And it'll always be the best way. I don't know when God laid on my heart to close this sermon like this. But you're going to think I'm crazy. We learned a little song when we were kids. But you know, that song is not just for little kids. It's for everybody. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Is your light shining? Or has it become dark because of worldliness, because of other things in your heart and life? But Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see my good works. That it will glorify the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we doing? I hope you're doing the best you can for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're not, I know a God who forgives. The Lord Jesus Christ came to forgive. He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. Won't you give your life to him? Won't you let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do that today, wherever you might be. All you got to do, confess your sins before the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. 
to come into your heart and life. And he will do that very thing. And folks, he will let and he will help you let your light shine before the world. We thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so gracious and kind. We pray, Father, that you would take your words, touch hearts, bring them back to you. Lord, thank you for love. Thank you for mercy. And thank you for your blessings. Most of all, we thank you for saving us. For it's in your name we pray. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.